0: I can't ever forget it. You can't ever forget the day it started. You can't ever forget just what the, the Bible warns us that we need to be that we don't get away from where what happened, where this all started. When the children of Israel, when God told Moses he was going to take them out, he said, You tell them, you tell them, because the time is going to come. Their children are going to ask, What does all this mean? You tell them, It's about the Passover. It's about what the Lord has done for you. He brought you out of Egypt. You tell them. And amen. And like Brian said, you got to to give people Jesus. we got to give people Jesus. He's the only answer for the world. He's the only answer for people backslidden. He's the only answer for people that are lost. He's the only answer for your family, my family, anybody's family. If a person is desperate enough and they want him, he will change their life if a person is desperate enough and they're at the end of their road and they will surrender their heart, you know, there's things God can do and things God can't do. God can do anything, but God can't just change anybody unless the person is willing to let him because he don't force us. He gives us a choice to choose. And if you choose to go his way, to follow his way, He'll bring great changes in your life. But if you reject and you resist, He can't do anything. He's limited because the Spirit of God is the one who does the work. And when you push away the Spirit of God, you're only you're going to be left with self. And self is an ugly thing to be left with. I don't want to be left with self. I don't want to live with self. Live with Him too many years. Get a good look at Him once. Every once in a while, Get still get a little look at Him. How about you? Self. You know, that old man still got a little corruptness in all of us, and we get a little look at him, and we get a reminder sometimes of, ooh, ooh, thank God I don't live like that every day. Thank God I'm not bound by that anymore. I mean, there's a big difference in being dominated by self and, you know, getting in the flesh once in a while, but you don't have to be dominated by self and flesh. Praise God. Jesus Christ broke the power of sin, amen, so that the works of the flesh can be put to rest, amen, amen, that's what this church is all about, we don't just preach salvation, but we preach and we tell people how you can live a life pleasing to God and go on to see the enemies ran out of your life, amen, defeated by the power of God, we're going to take up the offering tonight, we're going to ask you to give, if you're able to, I hope that you are, good to see everybody tonight, and happy new year, that's a t- today's the third, isn't it? First service of the new year, so we need to make it a good one, don't we? So give, start out by giving tonight, amen, and we're going to get ready to get into the world. I don't guess we have any singers tonight, so I'm not singing, but if you have to give, if you're watching through the internet, and we want to say thank you to those of you that help us online, that the Lord will bless you, the Lord will touch you, and continue to increase you to do what he's called you to do and what he's called us to do. And we believe that good things are coming this year, amen. I believe good things are coming. There's been too much stuff going on in the recently in the past. There's just too much negative things going on that leads me to believe that God is gonna do something good. That He is gonna He's up to something. He's He's allowing these things because He's going to do some things. What I don't know. I'm just gonna believe that He's gonna do it, amen. Let's pray over the offering. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you to bless the offering tonight. We ask you to bless the givers tonight. Lord, we ask you to have your way in here. We ask you to touch every person, Lord, tonight. We ask you to make your word alive, make it real to us. Lord, I thank you tonight for the blood of Jesus that cleanses from all sin, that washes away every single stain. And, Lord, we thank you, God, that you're going to do great things this year. We believe it, Lord. We're going to stand in faith. And, Lord, we're going to trust you. And, Lord, no matter what everybody else does, Lord, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God, I ask you to have your way. I ask you to touch everybody tonight and move in this place in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'd like to share this real quick while you're going to the book of Colossians. We're going back to Colossians chapter 2. Everybody having a good New Year so far? Amen. Amen. What better way to start than to be in church? Amen. To be where God's people are. I know we got people missing tonight. Some are sick. Some are having issues or whatever. Okay, I ain't going to do that. Every time I try it, it don't want to work, so i just forget it. So, good to see everybody tonight. I could get somebody to run it for me one day. Um, good to see you all tonight. Hope you come to get blessed. Hope you come to hear the word. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 is so we're going to start reading that tonight. Colossians two sixteen says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath. Days which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshipping of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increases with the increase of God. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are you subject to ordinances, touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using, after the commandments And doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. The Apostle Paul was addressing an issue here concerning false doctrine that has slipped into this newly founded church. I believe it was probably a newly founded church uh, established by maybe one of Paul's converts. His name was Epaphras because he was the one who went to see Paul about these issues going on in the church. And I believe the Lord led him to do that as I think he probably prayed about it and didn't know what to do. The Lord led him to go and see Paul, who was a 1,000 miles away, who was a prisoner at the time in Rome. Could you imagine... imagine How how many people today, just think about this, would take a 1,000-mile journey on foot, on horseback, on... To go... Listen, to go to find the answers, they, spiritual answers they need, crucial answers to their spiritual walk with God, how far will you go watching through that camera? Some of you are messed up spiritually. You're a wreck. And the problem is that you have listened to a little bit of this and a little bit of that and this Jewish legalism and and false doctrine and, and all this stuff until you're to the point to where you are confused in your mind and you don't know what to do but you know what the lord still has people here and there who have your answer and and and, and it makes you think how, how much effort do people make today to get to where the truth is would you would you be willing to sacrifice Time, sacrifice this or... See, your spiritual life is more important than anything else. Your spiritual life. Your spirit man is more important than the natural man. The natural man is going to perish, but the spirit man is going to live forever, the Bible says. And so the spirit man is a much more important than the natural man is. And so the spirit man has to be fed. The spirit man has to be taught that which is right. And when uh, it, when Paul wrote this, he was given this to a church, a young church that didn't understand really some things that were going on. They were listening to different things that had come in amongst the truth. And what happened was, it begins, it begins to listen. Error brings division. Error takes your focus off of the main thing, which is the gospel, Jesus. It takes your focus off of Him, and now your focus becomes something else what you eat, what you don't eat, what day you go to church on, what formula you were baptized in, what church you go to, and you put your faith in these things and then the result of it is nothing but your flesh. Flesh begins to rule. And then problems come into the church. People are confused because they're listening to the wrong things. You can't just listen to anything, Christian. You can't just accept anything over television. You can't just accept it because it says gospel. It says it has God's name on it. It has Jesus over the door. You can't just accept it because of that. Because that's Satan's bait. He mixes in error with truth. And so the, the whole issue here is that because Paul Paul knows, and I think this is why the Lord led him to go see Paul, because Paul had already had his experience with his flesh. He'd already had his run-in with with, with the sin nature due to putting himself under law after he got right with the Lord. So he already experienced the failures. He knows what putting your faith in anything except the cross will do for you. It'll bring nothing but sin. It'll bring flesh. It'll bring failure. It'll bring division in the church. It'll bring problems because that's all flesh can do. It brings jealousy, envy, bitterness, flesh. And if you, the Christian, if we don't know what to put our faith in and keep it in, that's going to be us. That's that's going to be us, up, down, in and out, mad one day, sad the next day, mad at somebody in church, mad at somebody on the job, Mad uh, living defeated when we don't have to. And so when he wrote this, he was writing it to address issues but also to remind them that Jesus Christ is the head of the church this he is what it's all about and he as a matter of fact when he opened the letter and he wrote to them he was praising them he was thanking God that they had sat under a man they had heard the truth of the gospel been brought into a relationship with Jesus Christ and I mean he was praising them for that but then As the verses go on, he begins to shift and change and say, hey, look, you need to take a look at what you're putting your faith in. These, look, these feast days, this Jewish legalism that's eating the church up. I don't know why everybody wants to be a Jew. (laughs) I ain't a Jew and you ain't a Jew. Why does everybody want to be a Jew? You don't have to be a Jew. If you're born again, you're a new creation in Jesus Christ. You don't have Jewish blood. You don't have black blood. You don't have white blood. you got red blood flowing through your veins tonight. You're a new creation, praise God. Why does everybody want to be somebody else? Jews are no more special than me or you. Hear me, church. The Bible said that God took the wall, the partition that was in between both of us and He tore it down and He brought all of us together tonight. So whether you're from Jerusalem, whether you're from Africa, whether you're from Pakistan or on the other side of the world, if you're born again, praise God, you are a child of God. You're not Jewish. You're born again you got a new nature. You're a new created being inside. Your sin has been forgiven. The power of the devil has been broken. That's better than being anything. Like the guy that came to the house a few weeks back and bought something from me, got to the discussion with, he got on that stuff about that not eating pork, not eating these certain foods and stuff. And the Sabbath starts today. I'm thinking... You ain't no Jew. You don't look Jewish to me. And that's what I want to say. I want to say, why do you want to be a Jew? We're not under the law. The Old Testament, listen church, has been fulfilled, but too many Christians are living right in it. They're bound by, I don't do this, and and I don't. That's law. That's the result of law. Look, When your faith is right, you don't live by, I don't do this, and I don't do that, and I don't wear that color, and I don't eat this. You don't even think like that, praise God. Your righteousness is by the blood of Jesus Christ, and it helps you. Look, you don't run around comparing yourself to everybody. Church need to get their eyes back on Jesus and awful people trying to be like somebody else. God created you to be who he wants you to be, not like somebody else. You're a Christian. You're a new creation. Act like it. I know what I'm talking about. I've had my heyday of trying to be like Brother Swagger. I did it. I tried it. You know what? I made a fool out of myself. I'm going to preach like him. I'm going to do this like him. I'm going to do that like him. And I did. And doing it with good intentions, trying to get people to the Lord, not realizing God didn't create me into the image to be in the image of Brother Swagger. He's creating me into the image of his son. If there's anybody I'd like to be like, it's him, of course, a godly man. A man who loves the Lord, 88 years old, and I mean, find me some more 88 year olds that you can turn on a radio and hear them crying like a baby, praising God. Find me some. And saying, Praise the Lord, and praying for people to come to know Jesus all the time. Find me some of them. Sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They ain't ashamed to shed tears. They ain't ashamed to praise the Lord over live television. Sit there and weep like a baby. Grown men, find me some more of them. So yeah, I'd like to have those characteristics. But God didn't save me to make me like Him. The gospel He preaches, yes, we preach it. But I don't preach it just like Him. You don't do it just like somebody else. You gotta be you. You gotta let God use you the way He wants to use you. So I know what it's like to try to to imitate or be like somebody and it just makes a fool out of you. You can't be yourself. You can't operate and through the, you can't, you can't move in the flow of the Holy Spirit like God wants you to because you're trying to do it like somebody else. You need the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. And God had to break me of all that stuff. Get me out of all that. Teach me. And I love them. I respect them. But I don't, I don't, I don't live my life to try to be like them. I, I can't, I don't try to follow his pattern for the ministry. I can't do everything like he does it. We don't have a worldwide ministry. We do, but we don't. We're not over television all over the world. We don't have some of the obligations. So we got, we can't do what they do. But we preach the same gospel because that gospel changes people's lives. It still changes people's lives. So he, he went to a man who knew the answer because I believe he already been through all this and so he Writes the letter. He he praises them and thanks God for them, and then he lifts up and exalts Jesus Christ. Says he is the head of the church, the firstborn from the dead. He's the preeminent one. He is. He preexisted. He is before all things. Because of him, all things consist. He 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 always was always is and always will be. He's the son of the living God. And so he said, some of the things I want to get into that he began to deal with, He some of the things that Paul said I read last time that I want to go back to as I go forward, some of the things that he said that Jesus has done is that he has uh, forgiven us of all of our sins and quickened us together with him. He has crucified our old man with him through what he did at the cross and has raised us up from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything we ever have done is forgiven. Boy, somebody could have shouted that. Everything from 20 years ago to this morning until on your way to church... From all that time, everything, all trespasses have been forgiven. And he said he took the law. He said he took the law and blotted out the handwritings of ordinances that was against us. That's the law. You know, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Do we believe in keeping those precepts? Yes. But we don't live by keeping commandments. We live by... Faith in the one who fulfilled all the law. So we ain't just limited to 10, come on somebody, because the 10 you might think you're keeping, there might be the 11th one you're breaking. Come on in there, sister. Hello, Autumn, good to see you. And we think we're doing pretty good sometimes keeping certain ones, but what about the ones you're breaking? (laughs) I don't break anything, okay. If you stood before God right now face to face, I wonder if you'd be able to say that. Every one of us breaks something sometimes, somewhere, I guarantee you. And what it should do is just cause you to see your need more for the Lord. It shouldn't make you more self-righteous and holier than that. It shouldn't make you see your need for the Lord to change you. It shouldn't make you want to compare yourself with everybody else. It makes you measure up to God's yardstick so that you can see you're short. And you've got to have his grace. You've got to have his mercy. He took, He said that Jesus, he blotted out the handwritings of ordinances that was against us. They were contrary to us. You know the law is contrary to you? Because it can't change you. And it works against you when you put your faith in keeping law. Look, the law that's supposed to be used to show you your sin, help you identify what's wrong, if you put your faith in the fact that you think you're able to keep it, it will work against you and it'll cause you problems. It did with Paul. He took it. What did he do with it? He took the law out of the way, the law, Ten Commandments, the old covenant system that everybody was under. See, here's this is what's hard and I hear them talking about this on the radio from time to time and you got to really think about this. When you've been doing something for so many years and you've been doing it a certain way and somebody comes along and says, hey, you know what? You don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> well, I, to the thinkers in here, some of y'all are really good thinkers. I'm not really... Much of a thinker I think from time to time. I try not to go into too much thinking I won't blow my brain up. But to the thinkers, think about it. You've been doing something all years and somebody comes along and says, hey, you know what? You can stop that. You don't have to do that anymore. There's another way. How many of us jump up and say, Oh, I'm glad you came and told me that. I'll make a change tomorrow. No, you don't. And look, that's this is why we have to continue to preach the message of the cross for sanctification because there's people, folks, that are starting to hear that's been doing it the wrong way a long time. And so somebody's got to tell them, Listen, that's not the way. That's not the way you live for God. You don't live for God by law keeping. You don't live for God by putting your faith in coming to church, uh, fasting, praying. You don't live by, by law. You don't live, you don't live for God by putting your trust in the, the water baptismal formula. Because that's where a lot of people are. That's what their trust is in. And it's law. But you see, the Bible says he took the law. Jesus took it out of the way. He nailed it to his cross. Meaning, fulfilled. (laughs) When Jesus died on the cross, listen, the law, the old covenant, fulfilled. All through his sacrifice. And now, there's a new and a living way to live for God not by law not by works of righteousness which we have done but through what God has given through his son the next thing he did was here's another one of the great benefits he spoiled principalities and powers here's the most important part really principalities and powers. What's that? You know those powers that we were ruled by? You know them demon spirits? You you don't have to be demon possessed to be ruled by demon spirits. You don't have to know. We were ruled by powers of darkness. Every one of us. I don't care if you smoke crack or not. I don't care if you drink beer or not. You were ruled by By power you were under the influence of the God of this world whose name is Satan. You were under his control, under his power. Listen, but when you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you gave control to the one, listen, who spoiled means he broke. He robbed the devil of his power. He spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them, the Bible says, openly. In other words, what Jesus did on the cross is, was done openly. It wasn't hid in a corner it was done for everybody to see and everybody to know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He came to give His life so that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. But not only that, when you come to Him, you don't just get saved. The power of the devil gets broken in your life. Oh, I wonderful, wonderful! I'm glad tonight, Jesus. Jesus broke the power of the devil. I ain't got to try to break nothing. Because 2,000 years ago, Sister Karen, he broke it, praise God. And he didn't yell it out. He didn't scream it out. He just laid down his life and said, it is finished. And praise God, tonight, we are a bunch of dead men walking. Praise God, we are alive tonight because of Jesus. He made a show of them openly. Listen, triumphing over them in it. (laughs) He made a show of demonic powers. I tried to explain it last week as as a, a general in the army. If When they conquered another army, the conquering army would take and they would shackle all the prisoners up. The ones that were defeated. They chain them up and run them through town. They'd all be heads hung down and all chained together and defeated. Defeated, The other army conquered them. And the captain of the army would be leading the parade up front with a victory flag. Come on, somebody. Tonight, your captain, Jesus Christ, is the victor tonight. And your enemies, if you understood where they really were tonight, you wouldn't see yourself under their feet. You'd see them in chains tonight. You'd see them drug down tonight. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ broke the power of the devil. He did it Openly. triumphing over them. That means he's victorious. He broke the power of sin. He broke the power of alcohol in my life. He broke it in some of your lives. He broke witchcraft. He broke pornography. He broke wickedness. He broke darkness. Perversion, a nasty mouth, a black heart. He broke it. Come on, somebody. I said he broke it. When he died on the cross, he did it for us. You got more than what you know, you got more than you bargain for, praise God. You just gonna have to dive in and find out about it and get the rest of it. That's right. Triumphing over them in it. Hebrews two fourteen says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he Jesus also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who were all their lifetime subject to bondage. That's me. Come on, somebody. He delivered us, praise God, through the cross. These are the benefits of understanding the message of the cross. Sanctification. Now, listen if you put your faith in anything else, you're not going to be victorious. You're not going to keep your joy. You're not going to keep your peace. You're not going to keep your sanity. You're not going to keep what Jesus gave you because God is not going to violate His Word. Your faith must be in His Son and Him alone. If it's not, you're causing yourself serious trouble. And let me say this when testing comes, when temptation comes, when trying times come, you're not going to have the power to overcome it because God's not giving you the power to enable your flesh. Those three things, let me go back, let me run back to them real quick one more time to go ahead. You that were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh has he quickened together with him. He's made us alive with him. That's with him what he did at Calvary. With him. And having forgiven you all trespasses. The second thing, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, the law, contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, fulfilled the law for us. And the third one spoiled the principalities and powers and did it openly, triumphing over them in it. Now, since we understand this, let me go on to the next verse and read it. Verse 16, Let no man therefore judge you in meat, in drink, respect of a holy day or the new moon or the Sabbath days. You know what that means? There's a, As I've already mentioned, there's a lot of people in Christianity that is eat up with Jewish legalism. Trying to be a Jew. Trying to keep feast days. Trying to keep fast days. Trying to keep things that Jesus Christ has done away with. And what they do is, See, it's, it's spread through the church so much that people like us see you looked at as kind of kooky. Because you don't fall for it. Because you don't believe it. Like the man a couple weeks ago I told you about kind of give me that crazy look. Like I was ignorant or something, like I was missing something. No, he's the one missing something. He's missing joy and peace and freedom. Because his faith is in what he does. My faith ain't in what I do. My faith is in what Jesus did. It's gotta stay there. Cause if it's, if it's not, it's gonna be all over the board. And so they think you're crazy. And so they heap, they, you know, Satan tries to heap these things, these traditions upon God's people and say, well, why don't you? You mean to tell me you still eat pork and you eat that food and you do this and and you do that? Let no man judge you look in meat. There it is in meat. The food you eat. (laughs) Because again, Jesus said, it's not that which goes into the belly of a man that defiles him. It's what comes out of the heart of a man. Has nothing to do with food. Let no man judge you in me. Don't let any man condemn you with legalism. Just because half the church is doing it don't mean you bind into it. Just because people in your family bought into it don't mean you buy into it. Because what's at stake? What's at stake? Your liberty, your freedom, your victory over sin. You know those powers of darkness that I just told you about that Jesus broke? You know those powers can get a hold of you again? If you open the door, if you put your faith in something else, do you know you're opening a door for those powers? to get control of you in some way your life and then you're not able to get free because you put your faith in the food you eat or you don't eat or where you go to church or where you don't go to church or what day you go to church on or the day you don't go to church on and all this man-made rules and regulations that have crept into the church over the last hundred years or more Let no man judge you in meat or in drink or respect of an holy day. Holy days. Under the law was new moons, Sabbath days, feast days. They were required to keep all that under the old covenant, but it pointed to the one who was coming. But now we're free from it. So we don't live by feast days, fast days, holy days or of a new moon people are swept up you know you have a eclipse and Christians go crazy and start spiritualizing things in a way that God never intended and try to use symbols and signs and we don't I don't we don't need symbols and signs we got the bible god created the earth things happen He created the elements. There's thunder, there's lightning, there's rain, there's eclipses, there's falling stars, but God is in control of all of it. It doesn't, but just because it's something, you know, it happens like that doesn't mean it's spiritual. Sabbath days. Well, I go to church on Saturday. Well, good. Guess what? Guess when I go to church every day? I go every day. I go more than you go. <laughs> because Jesus Christ is the Sabbath. The Sabbath was a day of what? Rest. Jesus said, come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest unto your souls. You know what? You need rest more than once a week. Come on somebody. You need rest on Monday. You need rest on the job. You need rest at the Christmas gathering. You need rest out in the world. You need rest, spiritual rest, every day. And it's there for you. They think that keeping certain days is something spiritual, it's holy. No, it's not. And any time you allow yourself to listen to these things, to listen to believe these things, here's what happens. You start making these things the object of your faith. In other words, the finished work of the cross is not where your faith is. It's what you do and what you don't do. Where you go to church, what, what, Whatever. And this is the danger. The danger is that if you allow somebody to come along and deceive you on the Internet, Facebook, computer, phone, whatever, radio, into believing believe in something that is contrary to God's Word, your liberty and freedom is at stake. You can return back to things that God brought you out of and Satan can get a hold on you. And then there's real danger there because if you don't recover and repent and ask God to forgive you for putting your trust in something else, you're gonna go further and further and further away. Until you can destroy yourself, and that's not a place anybody wants to go, but people go there. And to see, this is the danger of false doctrine. This is why we warn people. This is why I'm not afraid to tell you the truth, because I know where to lead you. I know where false doctrine will take you. I know where listening to just any preacher will take you, because it's what you listen to that'll affect how you live. Cause, because remember, it's what you believe. Not what you do, what you believe that will determine how you live. You believe right, you live right. You believe wrong, you live wrong. But the danger is you can backslide. You can get away from the one that brought you in. You can lose your first love. You can leave your first love. Paul said these things in verse 17 are a shadow of things to come. All these things he just mentioned, new moons, feast days, fast days, holy days. He said these are just a shadow. A shadow is not the reality. The shadow is not you walking by something and your shadow passes by. That's not you. That's your shadow. That's just a shadow. It's not the real thing. You are the real thing. The, sh- the, the law was a shadow, the Bible says. It was a shadow. It was, not the rea- it, was the, it was in a way the reality, but not the substance. It was a type. It's passing. It would come and it would go. But you see, what Jesus did has came and is never leaving. It's here to stay. He said, but the body is of Christ. See, we go back now to the substance. The body is of Christ, Jesus Christ. The body, what he did. This is what God wants. Listen, verse 18, let no man beguile you. How many preachers I want to read this, preach this, say this to the churches? Let How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but before you ever came to this church, some of the other churches you were in, ever heard a preacher stand up and preach against false doctrine? You ever heard him call false doctrine out, pinpoint it? Call the names maybe of somebody preaching it? You know, sometimes that has to happen. How many did you, did you, you heard the preacher preach on sin? Getting drunk, sex outside of marriage, smoking dope, witchcraft, stealing, lying, cheating. How many do you hear preach stuff like that? Very few. Very, very few. But you know, Paul preached it, the apostles preached it. They weren't afraid to call things for what they were at times. Because the the reason it has to be done is because there's danger in following a false way. Sin will be the end result if you follow a false way. And it'll take you down a wrong path. This is why he says this, let no man beguile you. The word beguile there means to defraud you or deprive you of the prize. What's the prize? The prize is eternal life. The prize is... Is a relationship with Jesus Christ. The prize is one day you're going to live in heaven forever. So you, while you're here, you got to be careful that you don't let any man beguile you, deprive you, lead you astray of your what? Your reward. Your reward right now is your freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. That's the reward. What a reward. Right now on this earth in 2024 with the mess that we have in the world, we have freedom in Jesus Christ while everybody else has gone crazy, while people are sinking in sin and drowning and and dying and overdosing and, and messed up. Tonight, you and I have our right mind. We have a reward waiting on us in heaven. We're not bound by the devil. You better not be. You ain't supposed to be. Let no man beguile you of a reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. That humility there speaks of a false humility. You know, you got to be careful in the church with people who pretend to be humble. Because false humility, I've seen it too many times. False humility is it claims that it's really some. I'm really humble and I'm so thankful for this and this and this and this, but on the other side of it, it's really nothing but a spirit of pride, ego. It can put on a good show in front of people, but the spirit is not really a true spirit of humility because listen, the cross alone can make a person humble like they should be and when people reject this and set this aside for sanctification the only thing left to rule is pride and ego and so you can look real holy in front of people you can sound real good make as if you're you you just the least amongst, amongst all the people in the church and on the other hand you feel like you're the foremost forefront the greatest the most well known the one that everybody should run to you know what I'm not here to cause you to run to me me and my wife were talking about this this morning so I'm going to say it while I'm thinking about it we're your pastors God put us here start this church, preach the gospel to you, help you, preach to you if you need prayer for something, you can call us. You don't have to work. You're not going to interrupt our, time, our day, and you're not going to mess us up. If you've got something you need prayer for, you can text us, you can call us, and hey, we'll pray for you. I'll stop what I'm doing to pray for you. But on the other hand, I want people to know this too. You can go to the Lord, and look, most of the time people should. You should. That's where we should go first. But if you need somebody to pray for you, hey, we're here to pray for you. And everybody's different when it comes to prayer because some people don't want anybody knowing what they need prayer for. They just keep it between them and God and that's perfectly fine. And then others are like, hey, let me read the whole list off to you. Uh, you know, my wife told you about the church we were in when we were newly saved. They call people up front every week, and I don't think they had wrong motives. They sincerely cared about people. They wanted to pray for people. And they had four or five people, I guess, elders of the church. And they say, We're going to have a time of prayer. If you want prayer, come on up. And they would stand there facing the congregation. And people would kind of, you know, choose who they wanted to go to. And sometimes they'd stretch their hands out. And you hear the person say, well, What do you need prayer for? And there's nothing really wrong with that. I don't think there's nothing. But, you know, you, some people don't want to tell everything in every detail. Because I mean the Bible says, let your request be made known unto God. So if you're going to ask for somebody for, I need you to pray for me about this and, and, and I want to vocalize it, then fine. If that's what you want to do, fine. But if you don't, then everybody don't need to know your business because there's some things you don't, everybody don't need to know. And then on the other hand, if you're going up to have somebody to pray for you that you don't know and you say the wrong thing, you give the wrong information. So you got to use wisdom with it. But you, you, we're here to pray for you. We're here to help you. But here's the thing. I don't want you running to me every time you have a problem. Come on, church. I don't want you running to me. I want you learning how to run to the Lord. I want you to grow. You see that, look, that's dependency on God. That's a healthy church, folks. Any godly, true pastor wants you to go to the Lord before them. Come on, y'all. Because this is how we stand. We learn how to trust the Lord. If we're, if everybody's just depending on the pastor, how, how do you help other, how do you help anybody else? But see, so you have those also who is that's what they want, they want you to run to them. They want you to call their number every time you got a problem. They feed off of it, they have egos, there's pride, they feel like there's something. You see, you gotta be careful of that. I said you gotta be careful of that. We're not the fix it all for everybody. We got problems ourselves. We have to take things to God ourselves and pray. So prayer is a good thing. You know, you can call us. You can text us anytime. And we'll stop what we're doing. But you need to go to the Lord. If you're sick and something bad and you're in a hospital, man, I need somebody to come lay hands on me, you call and, honey, we'll get to the hospital and we'll lay hands on you. But if you're one of those people who says, look, I don't care. I don't need nobody come to come do anything for me. Pray for me from afar. Praise the Lord. Everybody's not the same. But you see, the, the point is we all have to learn how to trust the Lord because I'm not here to, make, to bring you to me. I'm here to take you to Jesus. And anybody that, 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 look, that woos you and pulls you and feels as if you need to bring all your stuff to them, beware. Beware. It's not good. matter of fact, I, I feel personally that any God-called pastor and leader of a the church, they don't want to know everybody's problems. No, you don't. I don't want to know everybody's problems. One is because I'm coming in here to preach two or three times a week. And if I know all your problems, if I'm coming over to your house chit-chatting all the time, on the phone with you all the time, and you tell me everything about your life story, doesn't make it too easy for me to preach to you, does it? Well, yeah, in some way, yeah, it is easy. But see, and that we've always been like this. Ever since we've been saved, we felt like, look, we love the people, but we have to distance. You've heard Brother Donnie. How many of you have heard Brother Donnie say, I'm not going to play golf with you? I'm not here to be your buddy. It's the truth. Because that's what we got in the church. We got the buddy system. Well, he, and, and then the moment the, the preacher don't do something, I ain't going back to that church. He didn't shake my hand. They didn't call me. And see, this is what we got. A bunch of kids. Because we're not looking to the head. Because when we are, he matures us. He strengthens us. And you know what? He 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 starts getting you to the place to where if your phone don't ring, you say, okay, I'm all right. I'm gonna make it. And it's always good to have an encouraging word from somebody from time to time. Always good for somebody to say, hey, I'm praying for you. Or, you know, somebody's going through something and you don't know they're going through anything, but the Holy Spirit lays it on your heart to send them a message or call them and say something, and and it's what they needed to hear. We need that. But we are not the answer for each other. Jesus is. False humility is deceptive. And you got to be careful with it. And worshiping of angels. We've got all this angel stuff in the church. I've never in my life seen so much stuff about angels. they, They died and became an angel. No, they didn't. Where do you find that in the Bible? And all these wrong interpretations and, and understanding of, of angels and and people chasing after angels. Years ago, that preacher that was on T V that was proclaiming all that, I don't remember all all of it, but claiming he's having these encounters with all these angels. And that's exactly what he was causing the people to put their focus on, angels. Angels didn't die for you, Jesus did. Angels are subject to him. And the Bible says, matter of fact, they're a little, we're created a little lower than angels. Matter of fact, we're, we are a higher creation than angels. We human beings are. And they do have their place. God is the one who gives them commandment. God gives them charge. He tells them what to do, not you. I'm not chasing after any angels. Do I believe God uses them at times to watch over, to help us? Absolutely. I believe it's happened in my life many times. Sometimes. There's things that's happened that I don't know. I don't know any other way to explain it except it had to be God had to do something. It had to be an angel. Something supernaturally had to occur. But it's not going to be an everyday thing. You don't even. You don't even. You don't even. I I don't even know how many times I even think about angels. I don't walk around during the day thinking about angels. I walk around thinking about Jesus <laughs> because he's the focus of the faith. You see, everything else takes its place. That's all last. Angels are real. But see, we, we either put too much emphasis on things we shouldn't or we don't put emphasis upon the things that we should. And it's the cross that we need to put the emphasis upon because through it, We have everything that we have. So we don't need to be worshiping angels, listening to anybody that's leading us into a direction that puts our focus upon angels, no matter what it is. And he said, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. You know what? People are not seeing what they think they are. They're puffed up with pride ego they think that they're getting some great spiritual insight but really they're getting nothing it's just pride it's ego and it, it's, a, it's a result of misplacing your faith because that's what it does it breeds pride and ego. Just like the food thing, you know, the, the food loss stuff, you know, it breeds pride in people. Because if a you know, if a person can go a week or two weeks or months without eating a certain food, they start feeling really spiritual, you know, and and, and they look at you and say, Well, you ain't holy like I am, because they've been denying themselves of a certain thing, a certain food. And see, all that does is breed self righteousness. False humility. And people think that they have some, some revelation. Really, they don't have any revelation. They're really, they're really fooling themselves. It really is nothing but flesh. It's their fleshly mind, carnal-sided of the mind, carnal side of the mind. He said, verse 19, and not holding the head. That's Jesus, the head. See, they're not holding the head from which all the body by the joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increases with the increase of God. So the cross, what Jesus did for us is the head of everything that trickles down and affects every aspect of the spiritual man. It increases us. It knits look it he said it knits us together. listen, the cross won't make you envious of your brother that God is using that God is it'll draw you together if you're look if we are where we're supposed to be with the Lord, there's no room for jealousy and envy over something God is doing in somebody else, what it's supposed to do is it makes us stronger together. It don't make anybody better than anybody else. It just brings us together. It doesn't bring division and fighting. see, that'd be the flesh. Verse 20, I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna be done. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, is though living in the world, are you subject to ordinance? So he's saying, if you are dead with Jesus Christ... If you understand what Jesus has done for you, if you truly know that you are dead with him by virtue of what he did for you, then you don't subject yourself to ordinances and laws and rules and regulations and angels and foods and feast days and fast days. You subject yourself to him. Because that's the main thing. Amen? I said, that's the main thing. And we keep our faith. Look, you young people in here tonight. There's a future for you. God has a future for you. And these young kids, even the kids, the little ones, they can know this now. And be effective in the kingdom of God to teach those God knows the young people of this generation are they perishing. They're drifting away by the thousands or millions. They don't know what they believe. They don't know why they believe it. The political system has ruled them. The internet has ruled them. The phone has got them messed up. Facebook's got them messed up. And we need some young people who got their heads on their shoulders who have an understanding of who Jesus Christ really is and what he came to do because it's going to make a change in the days to come. So look, we all got to have this. So keep Jesus Christ as the head tonight. Like Brian said when he opened, it's about Jesus Tell somebody about Jesus. Don't tell them about no feast day, no fast day or kind of food they need to be eating. Tell them about Jesus because he can change the inward man. Amen. Stand to your feet. We're gonna close tonight in prayer. I hope you've been blessed tonight and we're gonna ask the Lord to go with us tonight, to watch over us. We got prayer meeting this Saturday morning if you can come. We'd like for you to be here and get keep the new year going right. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. We thank you for the understanding of your word. Lord, I pray, God, for those here tonight, I pray that you open the eyes of the understanding that, Lord, we walk out this door tonight, Lord, with something different than what we came in with, that we are illuminated, that we have understanding through the spirit man. And Lord, I pray that you touch people tonight through the internet, whoever they are, wherever they are, Lord, that you would continue to move God, continue to save people, draw people, Lord, to the truth and open their eyes, God, and show them that there is no answer for their sin but the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask you to bless us tonight. Keep us safe as we leave and protect us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. you We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423-744-0774.